Bob Cusack back with Mark Penn for our month monthly podcast. Mark, as we always do, let's talk about your new polling and describe it in one word. Well, it'll be a very similar word to last month's border. Border. Why? Well, because immigration just continues to be the killer issue uh, with the public cutting across uh, parties, cutting across areas. Uh, this has really surged and continues to be when we ask people to name the top three issues, it comes out as the number one issue in the country, and they give Biden the lowest ratings on it, 35%. So there's going to have to be movement and action on this issue because it is taking President Biden down. And let's get to the top line. You have Trump up by six over Biden. He's winning, uh, whether you count third parties or one-on-one, uh, one -on -one, uh is immigration and the economy the, the biggest reasons why Trump is up in Biden's down? Yeah, Trump's numbers seem to be continuing to go up rather than down, uh, even though most people think he's guilty of crimes. So uh, <clears throat> uh, there's still kind of very puzzling impact here. Uh, the more they seem to go after him, the more it's it's not Teflon. It's like they, they it's like pumping air into Trump. So uh, it is it is a puzzling strategy, I think, in that sense. Um, I do I do think, though, that it, when both candidates are disliked and, both, you know, Trump's still 50 percent dislike him and I think it's 51 percent or 54 percent, something like that, dislike uh, Biden, uh, <clears throat> both candidates are fundamentally disliked. In those circumstances, it's really the issues that make the difference. And right now, uh, immigration, inflation and crime they are Trump's issues. And and I think that this, the plus six is not a reflection of, I can't wait to get Donald Trump back in the White House again. It's a reflection of, these are the things that make my life worse off. And I want, <clears throat> I want somebody who's going to pay attention to those issues. Uh, four in 10, uh, according to your poll, uh, basically say that they have a worsening financial picture. Seven in 10 voters think inflation is here to stay. Uh, how do you how do you deal with that from a message standpoint or a policy standpoint? Because the, the rate of inflation has been going down, but people are, are still hurting. Or at least they're they're telling you they're still hurting. Well, this is this is a kind of a tough one uh, for Biden. I mean, you remember uh, Gerald Ford had whip inflation now. So, but we haven't seen any real uh, anti-inflationary policies. We haven't seen again State of the Union here, which will happen before the next poll, is a big opportunity for Biden to define himself on the major issues. And it's not enough to say uh, inflation is the Fed's issue and it's going to go down uh, by itself. I don't. I don't really think that's enough. I think he's got to outline an anti-inflationary program uh, and what that would mean. Now, that also means less government spending almost by definition. So maybe he's just going to let it sit there and and hope that it goes down and hope that he gets help from the Fed. And that hope is not ill-founded, but that's different from immigration. He, he, just, he just has no choice on immigration. Since we last talked, Mark, uh, Congress has basically rejected a bipartisan border deal that came out of the Senate. 
Um, and it was going to be the the carrot basically for conservatives uh, with a border deal uh, to to get some type of foreign aid going to Ukraine and Israel. Obviously, Ukraine more controversial than Israel, but Israel aid's also controversial on the left. Uh, that you know, Democrats say, well, Republicans just walked away from from a big deal that would have gotten them a lot. And and Mitch McConnell was saying when the deal was still alive, we're not going to get this type of concessions from Democrats next year. Uh, the the deal breaking apart, uh, does anybody win with that or, or is it just kind of a draw? Uh, the polling on that's much more mixed because the most people would oppose the deal if they knew about the 5,000 immigrants per, I think, day provision in it uh, that then basically kind of okays a million people coming in without any action being taken. So I, I think that uh, Biden got Biden walked away with a talking point. I don't know if anybody was really serious in an election year about doing a major piece of legislation like that. Uh, generally, if a deal had been made, Biden and the Republicans in Congress would have benefited. The Democrats in Congress would not have benefited because they would have been seen as the losers in the deal. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the notion that Trump sold was that, look, we can do better on this issue just by winning, right? And, of course, someone would say, yeah, but they're obstructionist. You know, they're seen as obstructionist anyway. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something that was interesting. Like Both uh, President Biden, a lot of... Uh... Other conservatives say, you know, Biden's so weak. Biden, uh, Trump has said he, he at various times he doesn't think Trump will, uh, that Biden will be the nominee, that he'll be replaced. Uh, Bill Maher uh, on his recent show basically said that could happen at the convention. Um, but you raise a good point. Biden's losing. Why are, why are conservatives raising this at all? They're winning right now. Do they really want another candidate uh, to run against? Yeah, I, I have trouble figuring this out because when I tune in to Fox News, like the number one story they push all day long is that Biden's weak and he's not going to be the nominee and somebody caused calling for him to drop out. And it seemed to me that you would want to wish like they're going <clears> to <throat> they're going to think Biden if you really thought he was weak. So I think they show by attacking that, I think they show him as well. Maybe he has, which which is what he maintains, hidden strength. Uh, and then I I find, though, that within the Democratic Party, within Democrats, when I ask them who they want for the nominee, they just say Biden. There isn't, doesn't really seem to be any real split among rank and file Democrats in terms of who the nominee should be. And, and is in your poll, and this is an uptick from the last time we talked about it, 75 percent say a vote for Biden is a, basically a vote for Harris. Um and of course, Harris numbers are not very good. And I've talked to a number of Democrats, including members of Congress, who say, yeah, Biden, Trump is kind of a toss up, um, but they don't want Harris at the top of the ticket. Um, do you think that there's any chance she can gain some momentum? Because if 75 percent think they're voting for Harris with, with her numbers, uh, that's not a good thing for Democrats. Well, uh, I think the real question is how effectively Trump can or will push the talking point that you're really voting for President Harris. Like if he started to address Biden as President Harris all the time. Um, and, you know, 
because it's one of those things people know it. It's not really anything people are actually voting on at the moment. And so it's it's one of those things where does your does does the opposition campaign effectively make that a salient issue? <clears throat> right now, it's not it's an issue, but it is not a salient issue. What, what I've been talking about Biden's shortcomings and certainly Trump has shortcomings uh, in, in in your data. Uh, what does he most have to be concerned about? Obviously, he uh, tried to shore up the base. And I remember talking it in 2020 and you were kind of perplexed. He didn't make a move to the middle. He's run a better campaign, I think, in, in 2024 than he did in 2020. But obviously, he's got legal issues, he's got financial issues. Uh, what's the biggest worry you think Trump needs to to focus on? Uh, we really don't know what Trump would pursue in a second term. He hasn't really outlined that. Well, with Trump, it's always Trump v. Trump. The only person that can either elect Trump or defeat Trump is Trump. And by that, I mean, what wacky thing is he going to say? Like, like this wacky thing about, I'm just going to tell Russia, go ahead, uh, if you don't pay your dues. Why say that? Unless, unless he intended to say that, it's kind of red meat. I mean, look, he obviously doesn't really believe it. And then the Democrats acted like, well, he's inviting Russia to attack NATO allies. He was just trying to underscore the point that that he's going to be the one that makes NATO pay their fair share so that it doesn't come out of American pockets. But he does it in a way that then gives the opposition a huge kind of run for like two weeks about this and and maybe more on this, well, he's just for Russia attacking our allies. And I can't figure out why he veers into stuff like that. He can't control himself, thinks it's smart. Maybe it's maybe it's part of his strategy, but but that's why it's Trump v. Trump. Uh, and, and do you think it also hurts him that he said uh, in his interview with Sean Hannity uh, that he would be a dictator for one day? Uh, obviously, Democrats have run with that. We're going to hear that for the rest of the year. Again, he, when he invited like uh, when he invited Putin to find Hillary's emails, right. none of these things are for real. Okay, right. he wasn't really going to be a dictator for a day, but he he lets them, and then then you've got like forty fifty percent of the country saying, "Yeah, he's going to be a dictator for a day." God knows what he's going to do. There'll be like batons all over the place. Uh, so I don't know. He does it. He's still got uh, you know, he's won some. He's lost some. Yep. Uh, obviously, if he could curb those tendencies and and those uh, and those remarks, he probably would do better. I thought in the interview he had, uh, um, uh, what was it? Uh, he he had an interview on uh, on Fox, uh, and uh, I, with Laura I Ingram. He, yeah, with yeah, it was the Ingram interview, and uh, I thought he ducked a lot of the questions actually. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. he wanted to talk about what he wanted to talk about. And I thought he could, but he, he was calm, cool and collected, but he wasn't effective in addressing the issues directly, which he could have been more effective, I thought. Uh-huh. Obviously, uh, the president's age uh, to the chagrin of, of the White House uh, is is an issue. It's on voters minds. Uh, we're seeing more and more Democrats publicly talking uh, about this. Uh, they, Democrats did win the special election in Long Island. Okay, that was a big deal because otherwise I think it would have been really uh, major angst time within the Democratic Party had they lost that. Now, that was a Biden district they were expected to win. It was kind of a must win. They did win. However, looking at your poll, one in three Democrats, Democrats have doubts about Biden's fitness. And related to that, 
uh, of course, was the special counsel's report uh, on Biden on classified documents. Uh, and that uh, that report uh, raised issues about his age and also his mental fitness. Your poll says 76 percent want the transcript released. Uh, what do you what do you make of of all that? Because if the transcript is released, we're going to see I mean, we're seeing two different sides where the, the White House is going after the special counsel, Robert Herr, uh, Republicans obviously uh, going trying to go on offense, trying to get the uh, the the transcript in oversight from, from House chairman, including Jim Jordan. What do you make of all this? Uh, you know, age is more of a salient issue right now than Harris. I think it is front and center because there are a lot of people who think he can continue to be president, but what will that mean? Will he be able to effectively manage the kinds of crises that we see in the world and with the economy? And and that's where he, he obviously is going to work with the State of the Union to disprove it. Look, I, I, it isn't helpful that virtually everything he does is very, very carefully managed. And there was a story about his note cards and and that they all the questions are pre-planned and pre-vetted. And uh, on the other hand, it's really working for him. <laughs> as ridiculous as it is, because it's all people see, and and any of the unscripted moments do seem to veer off course. So, you know, is this is this the third term of FDR? Right, where it got elected and nobody really knew, but they were kind of okay. Uh, I don't know the whole the whole thing. It's an issue. He's got to, he has to continue to show that he has the the sturdy leadership that's needed to be president. He's underwater on that. Uh, there's no shortage of international and national crises at which to display leadership. Uh, and I think mostly he has to not forget that it is the swing voters in the suburbs who will decide the election. And the left will not stay home against Donald Trump. And those threats from the left are just idle. They're not going to say, well, they're not going to do a Trump in the sense that, well, we'll just let everybody vote for Trump. <laughs> right, right. Do that. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that a little bit, especially as it relates to Israel and and the war. Um, obviously, a lot of uh, Democrats on the left, uh, not pleased with Biden, have been vocal in that, um, and there has been some concern that they're going to stay home. But you don't, you don't buy that. No, and I think that the, the polling on Israel is very instructive. We ask a lot of questions on Israel, more than other polls, and, and really, if anything, support for Israel has been growing, not diminishing, and that's because you do not see daily pictures of Israel bombing you know, areas in Gaza the way you did see at the beginning of the war, and it has sunk in that Hamas has you know, hostages. Most people don't believe that there should be a ceasefire until these hostages uh, are, are released. Uh, and and support, like I said, you know, if you if it's Israel or Hamas, it's over eighty percent who support Israel. So that's all the swing voters, uh, and and so the left here, I think, is getting undue influence, even though they really do not have the national support on this, and they're doing it because it's it's always frightening to to people going into an election when they when the base says we're going to stay home. But my point is, I've never seen that a less credible threat than this election. Huh. Very interesting. Let's get into uh, impeachment politics. Uh, your poll says three in five uh, support uh, impeaching Mayorkas, which the House did on its second try in, in the redo because uh, the first one 
narrowly failed, but then they got uh, everybody there and they, they narrowly passed it. And it's going to basically be dismissed, I think, relatively quickly in the Senate. But what about impeaching Biden? I know you're an expert on impeachment going back to the Clinton years. Trump was impeached twice. Do you think that trying to impeach Biden could backfire? And well, honestly, they may not even have the votes to do it, but the right really wants it and Trump wants it. So that really puts Speaker Johnson in a very tough position. Well, an impeachment that goes nowhere is hasn't proven to be worth much. Um, and so if you don't really have the goods, then you're better off just writing a report and including everything in the report than doing an impeachment that allows Biden to get Biden acquitted. Uh, and, and so I think they're going to have to think through the notion that, A, they're still in the gathering of information investigative phase. And we're going to have the uh, the interview shortly with Hunter Biden himself. Uh, there could be, you know, there were functioning Justice Department, a lot of perjury indictments uh, that come out of this testimony. Some of it seems fairly not credible to me so far uh, and, and very much at odds with facts that the committee has has pretty, pretty expertly gathered. And, and in the polling you know, people people would consider it serious if the president really was in business with his brother and son, uh, and supporting and and helping them maintain the business. Uh, but in 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 general, here I don't think Democrats are going to cave no matter what the evidence shows. So then the Republicans are going to have to uh, wise up to whether or not Biden acquitted is going to do them any good. Probably it won't. You mentioned the State of the Union. Uh, do you think it's better for Biden because the State of the Union is going to happen uh, potentially with we, we still don't know what's going to happen with the, the government shutdown. Congress could punt it until later in the month. But do you think it'd be wiser for Biden to talk about a second term than really the remainder of the year where honestly not much legislatively is going to happen? Yeah, no, I think that they have rather shrewdly moved this uh, State of the Union date back. And this is really effectively the the, the campaign uh, opening speech, and I think they've got to put their all their ideas. I mean, we're, we're, things that they want passed are not really to be passed in this session. They're really his his next term agenda. And is he does he got does he have a next term agenda? What is it, and what is he really pushing for? And that I think where the speech is, is, is a very important speech. I'm sure they're spending an awful lot of time on every word of the speech. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, Republicans hoping it will be his last uh, State of the Union. Um, any, I don't know any, if anybody uh, will be tearing it up behind the podium. <laughs> any, any, uh, anything I missed or any kind of closing uh, remarks? Uh, because this interesting data uh, and data that that uh, well Biden's going to have to improve his numbers to win no I, I I think the lesson of this poll to go back is that that immigration has been a sleeper issue really cloistered just among mostly Republican partisans it's exploded now onto the national scene it really affects the critical suburban vote you know this election will be decided in the suburbs you won't be decided, I think, on turnout uh, and, and wh which which candidate wins those suburban voters on these core issues 
uh, you know, and, and the Democrats, I think, can effectively use abortion in the suburbs. Uh, I don't think climate change will be an issue one way or the other in the suburbs. I think crime, inflation, immigration, uh, I think all of the all of those things you know, are, are critical are critical issues and abortion uh, on the Democratic side. And however those voters go will determine it. And that's why I think this the question is, is the State of the Union going to be uh, going to be programmed to really satisfy the base and generate a, a ground up a groundswell for him from that base, or is it gonna do as we did with President Clinton, really reach out to the swing voter? With some really interesting proposals on crime, government spending, uh, and immigration, that would be that would be tempting to moderate and swing voters. Well, it's going to be an interesting year. Obviously, the White House up for grabs as well as the, the House and Senate. Mark, thanks so much. Until next month. Okay. Thank you, Bob.